Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today's guest, oh my God, is he going to blow your mind? Adam Harmon Banning. In this episode, Adam talks about how he can manifest the life that you really want by traveling into a timeline where you already have that thing or that experience. Now, I first learned about timelines through Dolores Cannon's work way back in the early 2000s. And let me tell you, my evolution wasn't nearly as far as long as it is now. And I remember, whew, I really struggled with this concept that there are multiple versions of me simultaneously living out multiple timelines and scenarios to learn and grow as a soul, right? Like think about that. If you're divorced, maybe you've lost someone, uh, maybe you've had a lot of relationships come and go, jobs come and go, whatever the scenario is, there is a version of you that stayed in that scenario. And there's a version of you that moved on in a completely different way. And that blows my mind that there's a version of me that's still with my ex-husband. <laughs> that's just crazy talk right there. But this is true. So in talking about timelines, you know, the more that I learned, the more that I became really fascinated by this concept. Hard to wrap my brain around, but I was still really fascinated by it. Fast forward to 2012, and I had just picked up a copy and finished reading The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Talk about mind-blowing. <laughs> so mind-blowing, in fact, about realities that it's a part of the recommended reading for Mastering Feng Shui. I knew I needed to learn uh, more about this thing that we call reality and I wanted my students to learn it as well because when we're talking about feng shui we're working on the unseen we're trying to change and manipulate things that we can't see because that's where the more powerful energy lies so you know it it makes you take a step back and say hmm does this really exist is what I see real how about our experiences? This is what Dolores always called a mind pretzel. <laughs> it's so true. Because when you read a book like uh, The Holographic Universe, you kind of have to take a step back and go, oh my God, like I don't know which way is up, down, or sideways, right? So if you haven't read that book, highly recommend it. All right, real quick. Uh, let's chat about some really cool, fantastic announcements. I said this on last week's show, uh, but in case you missed it, if you haven't already done it, be sure to sign up for my new super fancy newsletter. Oh my God, y'all. It is so pretty and easy on the eyes. Ah, 
That is the wave of the future right there, simplicity and convenience, which is the motto and mantra of my new brokerage that I'm working at. This kid that runs it, I'm calling him a kid because he's 32 years old. Oh my God, he's he's so cute. He's just cute. But this is his thing. He's all about simplicity and convenience. And he thinks that that is going to be the wave of the future. And I cannot agree more. Whew. So I just love it. Um, but the other thing is, is it's just made life easier all the way around. Rather than having all these different newsletters, I had one for design, one for real estate, one for the courses, one for uh, just general feng shui and knowledge. <laughs> Who wants to do all that? I now have just one. Yay! So what's really cool is it's all in one email and you might think, oh my God, Amanda, that's going to be a shit show. Like that's not going <laughs> to be pretty. Well, what you're going to see is that there's a box, a very beautiful box for each category. There's one for the podcast, one for new blogs, videos, design stuff, real estate. Y'all just click on the box that you want to know more about. Oh, it's genius. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. Actually, I do know. The whole reason that this got kicked off is that I'm using a brand new email service. They're brand new. Um, they're still in beta mode. They haven't even gone public yet. So when they brought it to me, I was like, uh, yes, and more of that, please. So if you haven't already signed up, just go over to the website and opt in now so that you can get all this awesome information. Number two, if you want to learn more about feng shui, head on over to my new awesome page through Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Amanda Gates feng shui. It's honestly the best way to learn feng shui. It's extremely affordable and I cut through all the bullshit. Seriously, oh my God, there's so much misinformation out there. I was just reading an article the other day that I saw on Pinterest and I was cracking up. I was like, oh my God, like if you're brand new to feng shui and this is what you're reading, like you're gonna be so confused. I wish that somebody had offered something like this to me back in the 90s, but few people even had the internet back then. Can you imagine <laughs> a life with no internet? Oh, oh, and no cell phones. Oh my gosh, we lived in such archaic ways. Who could have functioned back then? Well, actually, that was a much simpler and easier time. So maybe it was better. Who knows? Alrighty, let's get back to today's show with Adam. We are going to talk about this concept called parallel timelines. Now, be ready to have your mind blown because this shit is real, y'all. I've experienced it. I've experienced other versions of myself and it's pretty crazy. But having this information and knowing about it, it's like, okay, I'm okay with this. <laughs> it's a little weird. But today, Adam's going to really explain to you what this means and why it matters. You know, and, and I want to say I've been looking for someone to come onto the show to talk about this for like five or six years now, and I couldn't find anyone that made sense or didn't sound like they were on a freaking acid trip talking about it. <laughs> I wanted someone that could really come on and talk to y'all at a level that made sense and explain to you, you know, how this happens and why it really matters. Now you may say, well, great, Amanda, that's great that this is going on, but like, 
how does this really affect me? Well, think about this. Think about Amanda 3.0 influencing Amanda 2.0, right? You might say, well, how does that work? Great question. By understanding your current goals and the current reality that you're in, you can tap into the file where it's saved, the version of yourself that is successful. So maybe you want a, a particular kind of job. Maybe you want a tall, dark, and handsome. Maybe you're trying to get pregnant. And in your current reality, you can't do that. So Adam can help you tap in to the version of yourself that has achieved it. I'm calling that version Amanda 3.0. And for all of y'all that are listening, it can be you, 3.0, 4.0, whatever you choose. Is your mind blown yet? <laughs> but to get a better understanding of how this really worked, I went ahead and booked a session myself with Adam because I wasn't sure that I fully understood how Amanda 2.0 was going to like become successful like Amanda 3.0 or vice versa. Who knows? I don't know which reality is better. <laughs> but by understanding the various timeline options, what you can do is uh, tap in and kind of pluck out the things that are working and get rid of what's not. And he calls this parallel timeline therapy. And you will also be happy to hear that uh, he said that this podcast that I'm doing is very important. That the message that I share of faith and believing in your own abilities and powers is crucial to the best version of yourself. I am supposed to be teaching y'all about energetically valuable homes and what it truly means to have a home that supports you and teach you what home means to your spiritual life. And think about that, you know, the whole thing that I'm trying to do here is to help you create a sanctuary that is unique to you and your family's needs, not some cookie cutter, you know, put this tchotchke here and do this and your home's schwayed, right? And he was talking about that very thing, how important sanctuary is and my message in helping you achieve that. So despite all my bitching and moaning about whether or not to do the show, which is funny. <laughs> because I absolutely love doing the show. I'm just not really a fan of all the logistics of the show. But Adam says that the show is very important and it's a huge part of my message to inspire, motivate, and uplift y'all. So I guess I'm going to keep on doing it. So you can thank Adam for that. And the good news is, is he says, eventually I'm going to end up on TV, which I don't know if that's good. Uh, but he says it's important to get my message out even further, which sounds like a lot of work considering that Amanda 1.0 is influencing me to like go out and buy land and just go off the grid. But apparently Amanda 3.0 has bigger ideas and plans for me. <laughs> so today you're going to learn about what exactly a timeline is where you fit into the concept of a timeline and how you have the ability to bend energy in a unique way through Adam's help, of course, but to take a peek into versions of yourself so that you can hit the target and achieve all you've ever desired just by understanding how the version of yourself who's done it is going to help you now. Oh my gosh. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Amanda. 
I know. It was a bit of a shit show. I apologize. Uh, Adam has been trying to book through me, and I don't normally do the booking. Deborah typically does that, and she is on top of things. She's organized, and um, yeah, I'm not. So sorry about that, Adam. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. <laughs> um that's why I don't do that so that guests don't have to experience uh, that. But um, you're here, so that's good news. Um, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Adam is an expert in timelines. And I was just talking to him before we started recording that I've been trying to get somebody on here to talk intelligently about timelines and I have been unable to find someone. And so I was super excited. Uh, Amy Stark, who is a very good friend of mine, she's been on the show multiple times. She had you on her show. And so uh, I was excited to learn about you. But before we dive into all of that, I wanna you know, back up just a little bit and just talk about you know your early days because uh, most people that I've had on the show, they have an experience in their youth or something happens where they have uh, kind of a realization of, huh, you may not know that you're special. You may assume that everybody has that, that superpower that you do, but you know, when did you start having the realization as a kid that you had uh, spidey senses that perhaps us normal folk didn't have? Well, the funny thing is, is the more I learn about these things, the more I realize that us normal folk have them dormant and latent with inside us. But um, it is my firm belief that through a matter of a series of lives, yes, I do believe in past lives uh, most, most intensely. Uh, I do that too. We, that we exercise this and we become more and more able to do it. So I, I have found out through past life regression and my own experiences that that has happened in many, many of my lives beforehand. So, so I think everybody has the opportunity. But when I first realized it, it was... It was actually very interesting. I was seven years old. My dad was in the rock and roll industry. He owned a newspaper by the name of Changes. It was competing with the Rolling Stone at the time, uh, which is a well-known publication these days. And um, we were at a, a Capitol Records signing party, signing uh, a band by the name, of, I believe it's called Atomic Rooster. They were your original one-hit wonder. And um, we were at this beautiful uh, mansion um, in, North, in uh, uh, Northern New York State, it was upstate New York. And um, I was there because they couldn't find a babysitter. And I'm seven years old and they're sort of keeping a little bit of an eye on me, but they want to talk to their friends. And my dad wanted to talk to his associates and business connections. So they said, stay around the buffet table, which I had no problem with because they had <laughs> seven different types of chili, which was my favorite food at that time. Um, I went there and all of a sudden I had this weird feeling that I should walk down a hallway and it didn't seem like there was anybody there. I walked down one hallway, it turned into another hallway. This place was huge. Later I found out I ended up in the West Wing, Wing, believe it, this place Excuse was large. Excuse me. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the West Wing, I did not meet the president, um, but I, I, I ended up in the West Wing of this place. I was walking down the hallway and I saw this woman, she seemed like she was, you know, my mother's age, maybe a little older at the time. She was actually in the hallway, crouched down, sitting there, holding onto her head. And she was crying. And I walked over to her and something really strange happened as I stood in front of her. I couldn't focus on her head or her face. The rest of the body I could focus on, you know, optically focus, but her head and her face, they were blurry. So for some reason, I took my hands 
and I put them to the sides of her head over on top of her hands that were already there on her temples. And as I put my hands there, I could focus on her face and her head. And she looked up at me and she smiled. And I got tired of standing there holding onto them. So I literally sat down in her lap and I held them up above behind me. And I held the temples of her head and she just stood there and she stopped crying. And in silence, I held her temples. For what seemed like just a couple of minutes, my mom comes walking down the hallway, looks at me sitting in this strange lady's lap and says, excuse me, that's my seven-year-old son you have in your lap there. And she looks up and she says, as soon as he came over and touched my forehead, my migraine that I've been suffering from for the last four hours and threw up twice because of, the pain immediately went away. And I've just been enjoying not being in pain. From that moment forward, it was really quite interesting. Let me just uh, turn this off. From that moment forward, it was really quite interesting because what happened is, is my mother and father started having people over to the house as in, in parties. And I started telling these adults when I was seven and eight years old about ways in which they overcame the problems that they have in their life right now. It's like I could see somewhere else them overcoming their problems. And I would tell them how, to, how they got a raise from their boss, how they um, uh, uh, met a friend that they've been looking for a long, for a long time to find. I would tell them because I would describe the picture that I would see. And no one knew where that was from. They even brought me to a, a university to have me tested for psychic abilities and with the Zener cards, which are the classic cards for testing. And my scores were among some of the highest scores that they had seen to that date. And, and this went on for a while. I started counseling adults when I was eight years old, um, <laughs> which is sort of weird, you know. Most of it happened through my mother who allowed people to come in and talk to me. Um, so it was interesting, it was odd. Um, as I started to grow up more, um, the, the, the children of these people that I counseled were my schoolmates. And in many situations, I was seen as weird and got myself beat up a lot. So mm -hmm. I suppressed a lot of that until later on in life. And then um, after 25 years of, of, of working with medical doctors in the field of functional medicine and healing and lecturing to medical doctors throughout North America, um, I decided to do what I was doing when I was seven years old, when I retired, which was two years ago, which was just to be able to utilize these parallel timelines. I realized that these things I was seeing were parallel timelines because when I was 40 years old, I started studying string theory by Stephen Hawking, where he originally said that there were these parallel um, universes. He believed there were eight parallel universes in his initial mathematical calculations but closer to the end of his life, he said there are probably infinite numbers of parallel timelines. And the interesting point of parallel timelines are, is according to his work in string theory and the mathematics that he came up with and became famous for, is it was his belief that, let's say you, Amanda, you are on a certain percentage of infinite parallel timelines all in the now. And they are anywhere, the version of you in the now is anywhere between slightly different and massively different than you are in this timeline. And since you're in a certain percentage of infinite, even if you did one percentage of infinite, it's infinite. 
So you have infinite permutations and possibilities, which gave me amazing opportunities to do a wide variety of things for individuals from solving problems to actually doing amazing spontaneous healing work to allowing individuals to have something at what I call as quantum focus, which allows them to be much more focused and much more manifestive and productive in their lives. Mm, I think that's great. And I, I love the idea of, you know, if you have a health ailment or you're in a difficult quote unquote timeline, it, it you, it, this is what Tom Kenyon talks a lot about is, you know, if you're in a, a challenging one, it gives you the opportunity to really change your circumstances by changing your timeline. But before we really dive into that, you know, I, I wanted to talk about and in the quote unquote woo world, it has become such a buzzword. I feel like Dolores Cannon's work really started to take off in the early 2000s and it really started to pick up, you know, mainstream. And, and Tom Kenyon came into my stratosphere right around 2009 and he channels the Hathers and gets a lot of really cool, amazing information if you want to check him out. But, right. uh, the woo world has been all abuzz like in the last five years with this term called timelines. So for those that are listening today that may have no freaking clue what we're talking about, explain to us what you mean. You know, you're talking about Stephen Hawking saying that there's, you know, infinity, you know, uh, what's the saying infinity and beyond. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what, you know, which I think is, you know, it can really put your brain in a pretzel, uh -huh. but what exactly is a timeline? Okay. I think the best place to start with this is differentiating between timelines, past lives, um, uh, uh, and also dimensions, different dimensions. There's a differentiation between them. And sometimes people use these synonymously with each other. But according to any of the mathematics and any of the quantum physics out there, they're totally different things. Okay? Okay. So a past life is a life that your soul has lived before in the past. Okay? But is it really the past? That's what I want to know. Because I, I, from what I understand, everything's happening all at once. That, that is the compression theory. Okay? okay? Where we stand there and we take the past and every moment that happened before now and we compress it together with the present. Okay, um, and from a higher position, that can be seen. But from quantum physics perspective on this, the only time that really exists is now, okay? And a series of nows. So I'm gonna give you the quantum physics um, a perspective on this, but one of the things that, that's very interesting about the work of Stephen Hawking is that he speaks of um, different perspectives all being correct, even though they seem antithetical to each other. Mm. And we'll get into that in a moment. Um, uh, but I'm going to give you from a quantum physics perspective, these things. Okay? okay. So from a quantum physics perspective, the only time that exists is now. There, are, there is that condensing theory where if you look from another point in which time is irrelevant, fourth dimension and higher, if you look from that point, you can compress time and see it as an overall beingness of the past and the present. The future is based upon an extra ingredient and it spreads out to different possibilities. That extra ingredient is what is known as free will. 
free will allows you to be able to even jump from one timeline to another in this present moment as well by making choices that are not predicted by your regular habits. Interestingly enough, when it comes to that concept of the future splitting apart into different parts, as being an intuitive and what some people call me a psychic, I work mostly in business settings um, uh, for negotiations, telling people what the other people are going to say before they say it, to help them become more prepared. If I have someone who has no sense of anything larger than, you know something, my fate is my fate and that's all there is to it, then they're running off their programming and I can tell them their future very easily. But someone who has a greater grasp of free will and an understanding that they are more in control and fate is not, I can give them probabilities of a future showing up. So within this concept, we have ourselves the present, which in quantum physics exists, the past, which is a construct of things that have happened in the past before. And then we'll also take a look at you bringing yourself back into the womb and going, and going to another place in between lives and going back to another life and going back into the womb and going to another place in between lives. People call this the afterlife. I call it summer school. And I call each one of your lives a grade within your ed consciousness's education, okay? So mm -hmm. many individuals have lived a number of different lives. I, these days, trust my own ability to take a look at a person and I can see their lives and I can tell them what the past lives were by actually going into their body, into their subconscious mind and bringing them back into their connection with everything, which is their subconscious mind, okay? So that's past lives and present. All right. So I'd like you to think of it as you're sitting on a road and the road is as wide as you are. OK. And in front of you is your future on the road and the road behind you is your past. OK. So past lives are behind you and where you are right now on the road is your present. And depending upon how well you exercise free will or not, the road before you can fork off in different directions. So that's one thing that's past lives. OK. The next thing is, is dimensions. So I'd like you to imagine that now above you is another road, not in front of you, not behind you. That's the past, the past, the present and the future. But above you is another road. That's the fourth dimension. Above that is the fifth dimension. Above that is the sixth dimension. They have different characteristics to them. Um, uh, 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 Barbara Han Kloh does some lovely work in the alchemy of the eight dimensions, which describes it really, really well. That's C-L-O. Um, e, I believe, uh, C-L-O-W, yeah, CLO. So basically speaking, they're above you. So those are different dimensions. One of the characteristics of different dimensions is, is a different dimension can see the dimensions lower than it, but has a problem in regards to many same times seeing the dimensions above you. So the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension, fifth dimension being the um, uh, dimension of all encompassing love and all accepting love. That's why the, uh, the group, the fifth dimension got their name. They got their name from a shaman who spoke to them about their music, okay? And they are coming from a place of love. So there's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimensions, different dimensions, think of them above and below you. The next thing is, is, is to be able to think of parallel timelines in parallel universes. I'd like you to imagine you're on that road once again. Before you is the future, you're standing in the present and behind you the past. I'd like you to take that road and make it an, an actual um, uh, uh, an actual row, an actual lane in a highway, a super highway that has lanes to your left and lanes to your right. I'd like you to imagine that there's a version of you to your left in a lane to your left, okay? And a version of you in your lane to your right. Those are parallel timelines in parallel universes. 
It's an easy way to be able to think about it. The version to you on your left is anywhere between slightly and massively different than you are. Maybe wearing a different blouse or maybe the leader of the free world or anything in between. Because remember, these different rows that to your left and your life, these light lanes are limitless. There's infinite lanes. Imagine an infinitely wide superhighway. And they're all in the present, so they're to your left and right. So there are different versions of you in those lanes. So we just described parallel timelines. We just described past lives. And we just described different dimensions. A parallel timeline offers an opportunity from what I've seen and what's listed within my um, website, paralleltimelinetherapy.com. It specifically shows opportunities to A, see where you or another person can actually have answers because they've already solved the problems that they have in this timeline in another lane or another timeline. So you can see how they, they solved it. And the way you choose from those timelines is exactly the way you use the internet with a Google search, all right? You literally are doing this all the time. It is natural for human beings to jump timelines. Deja vu in the final uh, uh, days of, no, final weeks of Stephen Hawking's life with an interview, he had pointed out that it is his belief that deja vu is actually that thing, exact same thing that you're saying, oh, I've done this before, no. Our mind can only think linearly, like I must have done this before. I can't think I'm doing it in another parallel timeline. Our mind can't expand in that way unless we understand the concept. Deja vu is it actually happening in the same time in another parallel timeline, which means that parallel timeline exploration is an inherently human operation. We do this when it comes to such things as um, uh, acting. Um, there's a technique created by a gentleman by the name of Stanislavski called method acting. Method acting is very, very interesting because this was created in the early 1900s by this person in the Moscow Arts Theater. Um, and, and it was a new way to be able to make acting so realistic. And um, uh, Stanislavski, um, this creator of it said, what you're doing is you're gathering together different um, experiences and, and, and sensory experiences and experiential things that you had in your life and putting them all into this character. So it seems more real. But what they found out was really interesting. They found out that there were many cases when people went into what was known as flow with this technique, they were able to create characters that had nothing to do with their life experiences. One classic example of this, I believe was Glenn Close within um, her famous role where she was a stalker murderer. This specific stalker murderer had 17 different characteristics to it, according to profilers from the FBI. But before she even met with the profilers from the FBI to understand what the 17 characteristics were, she went into flow and then started rehearsing her lines. And she started displaying all 17 of these unique characteristics without having the knowledge of it and without being a stalker murderer in her own life, perfectly displaying this. Wow. What is the reason? Well, she had to get the information from somewhere. And if there's infinite numbers of combinations or permutations of her in parallel timelines. In one of them, she was that stalker murderer. Wow. Talk about mind pretzel. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit with salt and a little mustard. You're good. Yeah. Well, but it does make sense because I know that I have had experiences. I've had strange experiences in my life where 
um, objects have changed or things have appeared in the mail of, you know, that I agreed to or signed up for and I didn't. So I've had strange things like that. And, you know, now I'm aware and I'm like, huh, it must have been me in another timeline, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I do have a question because in our world, it's talking about the ascension process and we're moving into 5D and things are speeding up. And, and they're talking about how a lot of, uh, especially uh, Tom Kenyon, um, I went back and, and looked at some of his work with the Hathers and he has this great quote where he talks about how, um, when there is, he says, whenever there is an increase of chaotic events, which I would say we're in now, uh, yeah. uh, there is a convergence of multiple timelines. So explain yes. that. How do these timelines, why, why are they collapsing on each other? And why would chaotic events create that? Oh my goodness. Chaotic events are absolutely wonderful. It is my belief and great saying, I believe I put it with my first book, Seeing the Angel in the Mirror, um, available on Amazon, um, that Chaos theory is quantum physics for the weak-minded. And let me tell you why. Um, when we stand there and we find ourselves within chaos, that means anything can happen, which means opportunities are much greater within that space of chaos. There is less control. We as human beings tend to crave control, which lowers the amount of opportunities, possibilities, and permutations which are available because we are controlling them out. So within chaos is greater opportunity. Within space of greater opportunity for conscious beings comes the opportunity to be able to cross over into other timelines, okay? So from that perspective in and of itself, these times are amazing times like COVID for that reason and what it has brought to us is amazing because it allows us to tap into that. Another example of that, a portal into that open space in between timelines or combining together is when people see specific repetitive numbers like one, 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 one. Oh my gosh, I've been seeing five, five, five and seven, seven, seven. Correct. So what it is, is it's giving you a clue. You can use it as a clue. It's, It's not giving you a clue. You can use that as a clue that the walls between timelines are thinning and this is a portal into a greater oneness overlooking all of the timelines and allowing you to be the master of the only thing you own, which is your thoughts, your emotions, your integrity, and your future. Hot damn. So so those things are saying, here's a door here. Will Will you trust enough to step through it? and be the oneness that allows you to be able to not react to timelines in times of crisis, but to be able to choose timelines and to be able to utilize them as your creator given right to use them as a creator created by the creator and meant to create. So is that one way for people to recognize, I'm sure people are listening to this going, well, how the hell do you know? I was actually just reading Oh God, I read so many damn books. I can't remember what book I was. I do. I read so many books. I read for the guests that come on the show. And then I also have my own things that I have interest in. Uh, But I was reading uh, a book the other day and it was talking about how it might've been a Dolores Cannon book. 
And it was talking about how we all went to sleep and literally like a week went by, but when we woke up, we thought it was the very next day. And it was, mm -hmm. it was the uh, convergence of a timeline right. and it's about the ascension into 5d. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, I think this is really cool and exciting. I didn't recognize any differences or anything, but if people are listening to this, how do they recognize if, you know, they have changed a timeline or recognize that, you know, some of the, the veil, as you speak of is thinning and, and all of this information is converging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the best ways to be able to light your path after seeing a sign like that is to be able to take yourself and breathe into your heart while you're focusing on your feet. Okay. Put your feet flat on the ground, separate them by approximately 12 inches, sit up in your chair and feel your heart. Start breathing into your heart and start visualizing a triangle formed between your heart and your two feet. This attaches you to this manifestation chamber, which is earth, but it also attaches you to the heavens by attaching you to the greatest portal, which is your heart. By engaging your heart and grounding yourself at the same time, you are not only reaching up, but reaching down and finding yourself in the most stable position to be able to go forward and light your way with gratitude that you breathe into your heart past that. The next thing is, is being a person of faith. Faith is very, very interesting. It has lots of effects. I'm just right now putting out a series on the actual substance of faith um, that is going to be on Udemy. Faith is very interesting because if you stand there knowing that the universe loves you, the multiverse loves you, that your higher self is always looking out for you, that each and every one of you has guides which are attached to a greater collective. When you know from that feeling, then you need to control less. Knowledge is a form of control by many homo sapiens. We stand there and must understand the mechanism, must understand the outcome, because we stand there within the fact that knowledge brings us security. I'd like each and every person who's listening right now, if you do see that set of numbers, just to focus on your feet, focus on your heart, see a triangle between the two of them. Breathe into your heart gratitude and imagine that that light coming from the gratitude of your heart is going to guide your way. And then be patient because from that perspective, you will be given your next step and your next step past that. When we stand there and many of us say, well, I want these superpowers. I want to be able to move things with my mind. I want to be able to do this. I want to do that. Enlightened individuals who do have those abilities hardly ever use them because the vast majority of reasons why people want to use those abilities is to be able to prove to themselves and their doubting Thomas inner self that it is real in the first place. And the utilization of these techniques from a wiser and more sage-like position would never be used. So that concept of what do I do? What do I do? How do I control this? The first thing to release is that. And the second thing to understand is, as human beings, your purpose is not to manifest. Your purpose is to experience. You are experience harvesters. You experience from your specific perspective within the universe, which adds to the overall density and complexity and expansion of the universe as you harvest, like a farmer, experiences. You may ask me, well, how do I manifest anything? How do I get ahead in life? It's actually easier than you think. If I were to show a, an artist, a fine painter, a beautiful sunset, 
they would be programmed internally as a homo sapien to be able to express that through a manifestation, in that case, painting. But they first had to have themselves an experience, okay? So they basically had the experience and then they painted. Your job as a human being is not to manifest. It's to experience with vivacious courage, to not ask, oh, what is my ROI on doing that one thing or experience that thing? What, what am I gonna get out of? What is my return on investment? Your question as a human being is your COI. What is my cost of inaction? What do I give up in my humanity and not experience a wide variety of things? If you look at it, um, in, uh, uh, experiences that way, you will manifest automatically so much in your life because that is an internal programming. Manifestation isn't just for building something. It's for you getting to know your depth and hue and density and abilities and the boundaries of your own soul. When you look at a painting that you make, you learn more about yourself. It helps the community as well, allowing them to learn more about themselves as well. So your manifestations are simply byproduct of your specific um, experiences. And if you experience courageously, you will be successful. I would say too, uh, another thing of being more in the, like the flow that you were talking about is um, it, really removes you from being in constant fear, you know, from all the media and all the propaganda that's out there, you really get into a flow state, which allows you to align with more synchronicities, which allows you to have said experiences and to really um, step out of the desire of what I think is the 3D egoic world of I need to manifest money and a house and cars and shoes and your desires changed because you are more in a flow state. You're in that so-called higher dimension, perhaps a better timeline, um, but you're in a flow state between all of it, which yeah. puts you in alignment with, I mean, the universe literally shouts at me. You know, I see things all the time and I experience things and I try not to question. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll say, Ooh, I wonder what this means. You know, I'll, I will do things like that, but yeah. it, I have to say that I do really, um, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I like <laughs> the experience of it. Yes. yes. Um, and, and the enjoyment of, knowing that the universe is speaking to me and, you know, honoring that and saying, oh my gosh, like the other day I was driving, uh, my kitty cat's been really sick Aww. and I was taking them, uh, I was going to the vet to drop off, uh, samples and, and records and things like that. And yeah. I was at a stoplight and the car in front of me, the license plate was seven, seven, seven. And go. I, I just kind of snickered and I was like, Thank you. <laughs> because I was kind of in a place that I wasn't in fear, uh -huh. but I was a little worried and I was like, okay, I need to take care of this now. And, and I'm going to change. And I didn't say timeline, but I was, I was definitely in perseverance mode of, of changing circumstances. And so uh, I was given information and I was like, nope, not yeah. taking that information. That ain't for me. Free will. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> There you go. The more and, you take yourself and put yourself into this world and tone down that button, which makes you do the hows and whys, just to try to control things, the more you'll start to recognize that this beingness is uniquely human. Well, and I feel like, you know, you're right. Humans 
uh, we don't like change and we do want to control everything. And more than yeah. anything, it's the expectation of, oh my God, this is going to happen. It's never the expectation of, ooh, but what could happen? It, it's yeah. always fear-based. And I think that when you can step out of that and be in childlike wonder, so to speak, yeah. um, you know, and I, I've had two fantastic experiences in the last six months where the universe has gifted me experiences. One, I was told I needed a root canal uh, last summer. And I was like, uh, hell no, I'm not doing it. And <laughs> okay. then my kitty cat was diagnosed with um, either uh, some type of lipidosis, liver failure or stomach cancer. And I was like, yeah. uh, no, not signing up for that one either. So uh, it's this matter of authority figures, media, propaganda, whatever you want to take, uh -huh. giving you information and believing it true, believing, yeah. oh, well, that's the cards I was dealt. I guess I got to deal with it as opposed to saying, no, thank you, but no, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to change this. And whether it's changing a timeline or whatever, I'm not sure, but twice well, now I've, I've been given information like that, where I have been able to subscribe to my own free will and say, mm -hmm. Hmm, all right, thanks. But I'm going to go over here and do my thing. And <laughs> I'm going to change my circumstances. And it's been powerful because I've twice now I've been able, and I've, I've done this multiple times, but you know, to see the seven, 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 it was just mm -hmm. a little like, um, like a little asterisk, like, Hello. Good job. Universe is patting me on the head. <laughs> sign, signpost. There's a signpost up ahead. Feeling yeah. like Rob Sterling. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think that when you can, as my teacher always said, you know, uh, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and stop getting so worked up with what's right in front of you. She used to mm -hmm. always say, um, she's got this great thing, uh, you know, when, er, in my early years of working with her, she, I would get worked up over something and, oh my God, I'm never going to learn this or it's too much. Or, oh my gosh, I forgot you said this to me. Yeah. And she would always say, you know, the problem is, is that you climb to the top of the mountain and one, you have an expectation of what the view is going to be. <laughs> so let that go. And number two, don't forget that what's in front of you. There's a whole different view behind you. There's a whole mm -hmm. different view to the side of you turn around. Mm -hmm. So such a great reminder of, you know, no matter what your circumstances are, turn around, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Change a different circumstance, change into one. I, um, I, I also think there's an issue which you're bringing up here, um, which is the concept of the incongruency which lies within an individual as it relates to being on purpose or not being on purpose. Okay. If we could call it your life's purpose. And many individuals will find themselves in a state in which they have an internal conflict and it's like gathering a weight to be able to go through your day and make decisions because you feel like you're not on purpose. But when you are on your life's purpose, one of the things I do is I bring people into hypnosis and I use special techniques for finding out their life's purpose and the reason for it. And basically speaking, when we do that with individuals and we dive in, when they are on purpose, the universe is actually pushing them along. They literally, the universe becomes the wings beneath, I mean, the wind beneath their wings. And, and really having that sense that you are on purpose makes magic happen. 
So, mm -hmm. so really doing that's important. The second thing is, is when you spoke about, you know, you're not taking this thing in regards to the stomach cancer, in regards to um, uh, the liver issues, or the, the hyperlipidemia, or, uh, or the, the lipid issues with your, with your cat. There's this concept which deals with the subatomic structure of, 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 of atoms, okay? And it's very, very interesting. And I use that in hypnosis as well. Um, I call it your being. Now, if we take a look at an atom, an atom in and of itself is made up of what we know in science, the majority of it, there's quarks and all sorts of other stuff, but the majority of it is made up with neutrons and protons, which are in the nucleus of your atom, and spinning around them are electrons, hopefully paired so you don't have free radicals. If you were to take and blow up a nucleus of an atom, which has neutrons and protons, let's say to the size of a grapefruit, so we really understand the scale of this thing, and we have that grapefruit in front of us, electrons would be about the size of large marble small golf balls, okay? But the interesting point is, is the closest revolving electron at that scale would be a block and a half away. Now, the concepts of, of, of gravity don't make any sense to be able to hold something like that together at that point. So the, the, they, they are, they're thinking about the, the boson-Hicks particle, the combining particle, but they don't really have an answer to it. And it was the belief of Hawking and other individuals who combined both, um, not him, but people who combined both um, metaphysics and physics and quantum physics, that the space in between is actually your being and your human is these physical structures. So what do I mean by that? That space in between is your belief, okay? The words you're willing to entertain inside your head. One great experiment was when they took individuals and they told them to be able to do push-ups without saying a word. I think it was a group of 60 individuals, so it was a statistically significant study. They told them to go to um, exhaustion, okay, with push-ups. Then, and they, they measured their, what you call it, their magnetic phosphorus ATP, which means the ATP made by the muscles in their arms and their chest, okay? So they saw a certain amount of increase in ATP while that was happening, and about halfway through the ATP was lowering because they were using a bunch of it. ATP is energy. Energy Just production, yeah. Letting people know. <laughs> there we go. It stands for adenosine triphosphate. It is energy, okay? So basically speaking, then they took the same group after letting them totally rest for a week, and they said, we want you to do push-ups to exhaustion, but you must say out loud the words, I am weak. I am weak. Mm. I am weak. Oh, that's powerful. Oh, my goodness. They had themselves, on average, 27% less push-ups. I okay? bet. Wow. And they also measured to make sure this wasn't just a placebo effect, which I, I, I always laugh at that, but placebo effect, they measured their magnetic phosphorus resonance ATP to see how much energy they were producing. It was lowered by the exact same 27%, okay? Then what mm. they did was they let them rest for another week and they made them go back and say the words, I am strong. They got on average 34.6% uh, more push-ups than they've ever done before in their life, okay? Wow. And their ATP was through the roof even higher than that, okay? It was like over 50% increase. So these words become our beliefs. They are expressions of our beliefs. What came first, the chicken or the egg, your belief or your words, whether it be internal or external, doesn't really matter. They feed each other. So that space between the nucleus of the atoms and the actual electrons that spin around, that is your being part of your human being. That what are you being is the question 
I bring people into hypnosis and help them implant things in that space, which allow them to make their choices for their hops to different parallel timelines and their different expressions of their life. That's incredible. And it reminds me, um, David Goggins wrote uh, an autobiography of his story, uh, Can't Hurt Me. He's a Navy SEAL. It's an incredible Mm. book if you haven't read it. But um, he talks about this very thing. He had a very uh, difficult childhood, horrible father, was very abused. Um, His father, when he was young, actually had him working at the local bowling alley. He would be up all night and then he was supposed to go to school. And of course, he's falling asleep at school um, at, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. But um, he realized that he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And so everybody told him, you can't do that. You're Mm. not going to be able to do that. Like, what makes you think you can be a Navy SEAL? And he realized at a very you know, a young age, I would say that it was about mind control and really talking to yourself uh, in positive ways to control the way your mind works, to get your body uh, and the actions behind it, to get the results that you want, to get the expect, you know, put this expectation out there and and get the results you want. And so um, not only did he become a Navy SEAL, but he's done all of these triathletes like that nobody has been able to do. He's done like three or four back to back to back. He's like this machine. And um, what's incredible is that, you know, he has these, uh, when he was in his first training uh, Navy SEAL, he was actually all the um, crap that they put the Navy SEALs through. They There's this section where they have to uh, lift up the boats and put them in the water and then take them down and lift up the boats and put them down. And like, it's, it's very extraneous and his shins on both legs were broken when he was doing this and he was in an enormous amount of pain and he just kept telling himself, I am strong. I feel no pain. I am strong. I, and he worked through it. I don't know how the hell you do that. He was able to affect his subatomic structure. Yeah. He took ownership of his being that space in between the electrons that are spinning around and the nucleuses of the atoms throughout his body. He, made a conscious effort to be able to be what he chose to be. Yeah. And he, he, he didn't really start to smarten up until about 40. He, he did a lot of, he made poor choices in overriding all these systems to power Mm. through things. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a true testament to if you tell yourself, I am weak, you will be. But if you yeah. tell yourself, I am strong, you're going to get a completely different outcome. So it, it, I, I believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying, because, um, y- you know, it, it goes into the ethers, what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're putting out there. And yeah, what you put out there, you're going to get in return. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things that we hear that we believe are fables and tales may not be as fabulous and may not be as illusory to our existence if we truly work on staying within the flow. And I, I honor you for bringing out that story and being witness to that. Mm, hot damn. Well, Adam, I could talk to you all damn day. I could just ramble on with you and talk about mm-hmm. all kinds of cool shit with right. quantum physics and timelines and astral travel and lucid dreaming. And we could just go there, but <laughs> I should Woo-hoo! probably wrap this up. It's the never ending story. Right. I mean, it's why I do this podcast because I just, I love all this stuff. It's, oh, that's you know, great. 
I think it's fantastic. But if people are interested in learning more about you or working with you, how do they stalk you? How do they find you? What do they do? Okay, people are gonna be freaked out about this one, okay? But I have only gotten individuals texting me that are the perfect people to contact me. So my first thing is, is I'm actually gonna give out my phone number that has te- that's for text, okay? okay? So they can text me directly at 310-999-7877. That is the best way to contact me because you will text me if it's right for you to get together with me. If not, it won't happen. The second thing they can do is contact me at the Adam Harman, H-A-R-M-A-N, not Harman, but Harman, the Adam Harman Show at gmail.com. Or they could visit me at paralleltimelinetherapy.com. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Again, I apologize for the nightmare of trying to deal with Amanda scheduling you. <laughs> oh, 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 don't worry about it. This was fun. I enjoyed. We all have our strengths and organization, office work, and admin is uh-huh. not mine. <laughs> well, you know something? You're a great interviewer and you are a master seeker. So I am honored to be in your presence and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for saying yes to this.